The following is a sermon from the Vicar and Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. There's a lone man, and he's walking in a forest. And he walks up to a tree with an axe by his side, and he puts the hand on the trunk of the tree and his axe at the base of the tree. And he looks up to the leaves, looks back down at the base, and continues on and walks to another tree. And he puts his hand on the tree and his axe at the base of the tree. And he looks up, looks back down, and he begins to chop. And he begins to chop and chop until that clear crack of the tree, and it goes falling down to that mossy ground from where it once gained its strength. And then he goes to one of those branches, and he cuts down the branch into little pieces, and then the trunk, he cuts it all into pieces, loads it up into a cart, and burns it all. And then the man wipes sweat off of his face, picks up his axe again, walks to another tree, puts his hand on the trunk of the tree, his axe at the base, looks up, looks back down, and waits. And waits. And he waits to make us wonder whether or not we'd be cut down. What would it be? Would we be cut down or not? When Jesus comes to us and looks up, is he going to see fruit? That's the question that John wants us to consider today. And he's going to answer what we should do. Because there's really only one good question when the axe is at the base of our tree. And it's what should we do then? What should we do then? And that's what John the Baptist is going to answer for us today in two ways. He's going to tell us what to do when the axe is at the base of our tree. And the first thing we do is we wait expectantly for Jesus. The second thing we do is we produce fruit. Please stand for the reading of the gospel. The gospel comes from Luke chapter 3. John said to the crowds coming out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. What should we do then? The crowd asked. John answered, Anyone who has two shirts should share with the one who has none. And anyone who has food should do the same. 
Even the tax collectors came to be baptized. Teacher, they said, what should we do? Don't collect any more than you're required to, he told them. Then some soldiers asked him, and what should we do? He replied, don't extort money and don't accuse people falsely. Be content with your pay. The people were waiting expectantly and were all wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be the Messiah. John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I will come, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn. But he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. And with many other words, John exhorted the people and proclaimed the good news to them. The gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Brothers and sisters, what should we do then? What should we do? Well, the first step in knowing what to do when the axe is laid at the, at the base of our tree is to realize that we need help. To realize that we have no chance of passing this test by ourselves. We may have things in our lives that we think are, are good fruits or that other people would think are good fruits. Like, look at me, I'm taking a stand on this issue, or I'm helping with this. Look at all the good things I'm doing in my life. And the world sees that as good things. But when Jesus puts our works that we do by ourselves entirely, when he takes that fruit and takes a bite, it's going to be rotten. It's going to be filled with worms if they're works that we did apart from God. We have no chance of passing this test, this test of God checking our fruit, if we do it by ourselves. But I think you know that, and I think the people gathered around the Jordan knew that too. Listen to what John said in verse 7. Who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? You know, implicit in fleeing is that there's somewhere to flee to. Implicit in, in there being a way to avoid destruction is that there's a safe place. That there's somewhere, somewhere that has forgiveness. And that was the banks of the Jordan for those people in our text. And it's this church here for us right now. And it's not to say that it's the river itself or that it's this church building. But here, there are promises of Jesus Christ. Here, there are promises of a Savior where we have a place to flee. So that's where forgiveness is. There's a place to flee, and it's in Jesus Christ. You know, in the, in the movie Avatar, I don't know if any of you have seen it, but there's this giant tree called Home Tree. And actually, it's, it's portrayed to be taller than the Empire State Building. It's this giant tree, and a whole people live in this tree. Well, one day, one day there's uh, 
soldiers from the earth and they come to destroy this tree. And they send missile after missile at the base of this tree until finally you hear a crack and it falls down to the ground. You know, that, that picture of that tree isn't too far off from a picture of Jesus. It's not too far off because Jesus received all of the wrath of God. Missile after missile, cut after cut, nail after nail in his hands. He received and took all of God's wrath. And in our place, he died. Where we're a small tree, the son of God, such a big tree, was sacrificed for us. Infinite value for us. And where normal wood thrown into the fire would burn for two or three hours, this wood never burns up. It never turns into ash. The sacrifice of Jesus Christ never runs out. Once for all, it's eternal. So there is somewhere to flee. And now a whole people of God lives in Jesus. And that tree cut down for us. We have a place to escape. It's in Jesus Christ. So what should we do then? What should we do then? Well, we should wait expectantly. We should wait expectantly for our King, for our Savior to come. And look at verse 15, the way the people were waiting expectantly. It says, the people were waiting expectantly and were all wondering in their hearts if John possibly might be the Christ. Granted, they had the wrong guy. They were looking at John because Jesus was still to come, but they were waiting to put their sins. They were looking to flee in Christ and his forgiveness. We know who our Savior is. And so we wait expectantly for him, and we put our sins on him because he is our only chance at salvation, and he's given us new life. So that's, that's part one of what John tells us to do when the axe is at the base of our tree and we're about to be cut down. We wait expectantly for Christ. We put our sins on him. We trust on him completely. But let's look at how else John answers this question. So the people ask him, look in verse 11. Look what he says. What should we do then, the crowd asked. Anyone who has two shirts should share with the one who has none. And anyone who has food should do the same. So basically, be kind, be compassionate. And then a whole other group comes. It's the tax collectors. And they say, what should we do? And what does John say to them? Don't collect any more than you're required to. And then they go away. The soldiers come and... What does John say to the soldiers? Don't extort money and don't accuse people falsely. Be content with your pay. If you had to summarize those three messages to those three different groups of people, how would you summarize that? How would you put that in your own words, what John is telling us? Well, I think the best summary is actually found in verse 8 
where he says, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. In other words, Jesus has made you to be a good tree. Be the good tree he's made you to be. Produce fruit in being who you are, a redeemed child of God. So that's, that's kind of the message. But how does that actually play into our lives? What should we as a congregation do? What does that look like? Well, just like John had different things to say to different people there, to the tax collectors and, and to the soldiers, he has different things to say to us. To the whole group, he says, be kind and compassionate. Don't be greedy. Be generous. Christ has been so generous with you. To, to those who have power, don't abuse your power. Don't use your power or wealth to take from people who don't have power or wealth. For those who work in an office, he says to, to let your words be sweet fruit coming from your mouth. Fruits of, of God's love and care. Let, let everything we say be sweet. To children, he says, honor your parents. And, and also let your speech be kind to your enemies and your friends. And to the single people out there as well, let them see that Christ, your marriage to Christ, and that our bodies are, are set apart for that marriage. You know, we could go on for, for forever talking about what producing fruit and keeping with repentance looks like. But the summary is this. Be what Christ has made you to be. Be the good tree he's made you in baptism, in his death and resurrection for you. He's given you new life. So live it. So just the fact, though, that we are a good tree doesn't mean that we're going to be spared the axe entirely. A little bit ago, I was in D.C. and in front of the White House, um, there were people with a long pole and a saw, and they're cutting down certain limbs and trees. And just a certain limb would fall down, and then they'd move on to the next tree and do the same. And I know New York isn't land of the trees, but you probably know that in order to grow a tall and healthy tree that produces fruit, you actually need to do this. You need to prune trees so they grow taller and produce more fruit. And I guess what I'm saying is the Holy Spirit and God through his word is going to do the same thing in us. He's going to come with his act of the law and chop down certain limbs that make us sick or harm our growth. And he's going to come and cut it down with the law. And we can praise God for that because we know he's growing us spiritually. So there's a lone man in the forest and he goes to a tree and he puts his hand up on the tree and the axe at the base of the tree. And he starts cutting it down. And he cuts it all down until it falls to the ground and cuts it all apart, loads it up into a cart, and it's burned. And then he picks up his axe and he walks over to another tree. 
to you. And he looks up. And he looks back at where his hand is placed, where his name has been carved in, in your baptism. And he remembers that tree that was sacrificed for your eternal punishment. And then he looks up and sees fruit on your tree and takes one and takes a bite. And he smiles. Because it's a good fruit. Because Jesus, God, has made you to be a good tree that produces good fruit. So what should we do then? What should we do when the axe is laid at the root of our tree? We wait expectantly for Christ, and we produce fruit.